0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 115 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. Delighted to say, back on the show, Greg Obviously, you've been on many, many times. Not running anymore, but you're slightly concussed, and that's uh, that's Phil Haywood. Phil, tell us all about your your injury from uh, from football today.
1: Cheers, Mike. Um... Highly as well. We've got to um, play football today and um, <laughs> not running as much as it was on the pitch. That's probably why I got the, the head injury. Uh, Paul's come down, two lads gone to win the ball, and we've clashed heads. Um, very concussed at the time, but I um, had to make the show uh, today. had to obviously delay it, but I <laughs> wouldn't have missed this show because obviously I love being on it and obviously listen to it all the time. Yeah, the spot
0: on me. So, we're in- injuries not curtailed. Uh could tell you your appearance today we were just saying weren't we that uh, if Lee was playing centre mid he wouldn't have actually gone for the ball he would have just turned his back and and shit out of the tackle but that's that's another that's another matter isn't it Lee and, you, and you, you know to be fair you did say it wouldn't have been your kind of challenge would it
2: oh mate I'd, 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 I'd be hated it goodness me I'd just be like I'd, I'd be like Gomez pulling out of every every single tackle
0: <laughs> So, yeah, so just, just as well he wasn't involved. But, yeah, great to have you on the show, mate. We appreciate yeah, you, thanks. especially after the uh, the knock you've taken to still come on to the show. Um, and the, the place to, to pick up, really, um, is is obviously Thursday night, Chelsea. Um, a game which I think we'd, we'd certainly get off. Me and Pete uh, did the show last uh, last weekend, and we, we certainly weren't thinking we were going to get anything from the game. It was very much a case of, well, it could be damage limitation, uh, and, and we've come away with a, a one-all draw with a massively depleted squad. It's got to be said. You know, the the start eleven was there was shocks galore in terms of who was who was in there. There was injuries, there was illness. You know, we're seeing John Joe Kenny, Zara Branthwaite, Ellis Sims, th- those kind of players. some that you've been on the periphery for a long time. Came into the start eleven, and we, and we come away with the points. And Phil, you've, you've got to be happy, haven't you, to, to go to Stamford Bridge at any time. And get a point, but I think to come away after seeing that start eleven and the squad in general, it's a really, really positive result after what we've seen at, a, at Crystal Palace the week before.
1: Yeah, Mike, absolutely. I said, like you said, I think 24, 25 years, um, we've been really poor at Stamford Bridge any part of the season. But but when you have a, a depleted squad as we did, I don't think any Evertonian who uh, who managed to, to get to the game or any Evertonian watching the game. Um, would have even given the lads a chance just if we can keep the, the score line down so hats off to to everyone involved uh, coaching staff manager players they stuck to a game plan and sometimes again watching the game i thought you know we look good at nil but once one goes in it'll be two it will be three it'll be four we've all been we've all seen it all season but no fair play to the lads i thought they did the club proud and you know um a result that no one ever was so common
0: no, of course, and like you know, I myself personally, I said last week, it, I wasn't um, actually for once watching the game or at the game. I was, I was actually watching Home Alone at uh, Woodside Zivin Cinema over over the water there, uh, and it, it, it's strange here really because I always I, I hate missing matches in any way, shape, or form, and it's been so tough recently, especially after Palace uh, the, the previous weekend, and and I, I just sort of switch. I to switch off. I even muted our the group chat. Uh, so Liam Lee and Peter flying on the group chat and I'm just I'm, I'm muting it. I don't want to know. And I, I just thought I'd just go off off updates on like live score and things like that. Uh, and obviously after the game got in, made sure that I watched the game when it when it came in and course off. And I was maybe that's the way forward. Maybe I should take myself away a little bit and, and just not watch the game going forward. I and mean, might might be a little bit more po- positive, but I was massively surprised when I saw that starting eleven. That to be said, I mean, it was it was almost as free hit as it was. But seeing that start eleven, I thought this, this this could be a massacre. And and Lee, I know you were saying in the early parts of the game, you know, I know Jordan Pickford had, a, had an outstanding game. Uh, he made he made some fantastic saves. But early on, Lee Chelsea were really knocking on the door. And you know, you look at the James chance really early early, which which didn't go in. Um and it could have it could have we could have gone behind by by a fair few, couldn't we, within the first of the 20, 25 minutes?
2: Well, firstly, I want to correct you, because you you, you're lying about muting us on the chat, because you did put,
0: uh,
2: at half-time, you went, how are we playing, lads? So, Doesn't you, mean, you, I, couldn't, I, you couldn't
0: refrain from it, could you? No, but I'm using notifications, so I couldn't I couldn't have my phone constantly bouncing, when you, and you're giving me sort of, you know, 3 way commentaries on, on little things, that I'm, going to, I'm not even looking at it. So, the notifications were muted, but, yes, I couldn't, I certainly couldn't do it all, the <laughs> that we were playing, I had to sort of have a, have a little check-in at times.
2: Die hard blue, mate. Die hard blue. blue. Um, no, it, it, you're right. I mean, look, most of these teams, as we know, um, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, they're just miles clear of everybody else in the league, aren't they? Uh, they're just on a completely different level. And if you look, a lot of them, a lot of their games follow similar patterns. They can, More often than not, they come flying out the blocks to try and get a goal or two in the first 15, 20 minutes and just kill the game straight away from that position once they've got that first goal it's almost impossible to come back and beat them uh, and they all pretty much follow suit if you look at their goal differences for those top three teams I mean City have won 4-0 again today and gone level with Liverpool I think on plus 35 I mean it's just absolutely ridiculous I mean they're, they're 20 goals clear I think of fourth place uh, you know it's, it's 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 a different level so yeah they did start really quickly uh, no doubt Tuchel has told them look they've got a really inexperienced side I mean I I think we had in the end, was it 10 players out? 10 players out in the end. Um, And the vast majority of those would have probably started the game. So we were massively depleted. Um, In in some ways, you know what? It it kind of took the pressure off us a little bit, didn't it? Because then there's the expectancy of like, look, we've got kids here. You know, we've got a couple of lads making full debuts. Um, Well, certainly Alice Sims was. And then you're thinking, let us just let's just write this game off. I think we'd all written it off in our heads, and let let let's let's see how they perform. And I said to you, like, oh, I mean, what an, what an opportunity for Sims coming up against? Let's be honest, arguably the one of the best centre halves of his of his generation in Thiago Silva, even at 36, just plays with a cigar in his mouth, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just a brilliant player. Yes, he's protected by two of the centre halves around him, but he just reads the game so well and never looks rushed, and just you know he was up anything and Sims didn't get a kick did he, didn't get a look in um, I thought he did alright himself when the ball did come to him but anyone laying in on Sims can just do one straight away there because anyone would have found that game tough against Chelsea but uh, in answer to your question yeah they started really bright, started very quick, they, they, they could have been three up after the first 10-15 minutes um, you know, brilliant chance for for, for James, who's scored quite a few goals from fullback back this season and uh, you know, I thought it was in. I don't know about you, Phil. I, I, I thought yeah. it was in. As soon as it left, it and It beat Pickford. I just thought, here we go, one nil after five minutes. But um, in all fairness, you know, we got a bit of luck there, and, and we did ride our luck in that initial period. They were getting a lot of success inside the uh, that well down that channel, really, didn't it? Inside the foot, uh, the sort of wing back in the centre half. Um, I think it was Godfrey and Brand, Brandtwait down that side, and they were getting in every time on, on uh, in, inside their position. We tightened it up after that. Um, but yeah, but you know, in these sort of games, you know what you need to ride your luck, and you need your goalkeepers to have a good game. And, and Jordan Pickford certainly did that. I thought he was
0: excellent. Of course, I mean we, we've we've been saying about Jordan Pickford for, for quite a while in terms of his his consistency and his form, and you know how important it is that that he is you know switched on. And and to be fair to him, for the last sort of twelve eighteen months, he certainly has been, and another good performance from him. Um, he came away with 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 man of the match by all accounts, and he was certainly our, our man of the match. But massively important that, as I say, he has a good game. But but Phil, I, I won't forget where you with with Young. Obviously got the goal which we we'll discuss shortly. But Jared Brantwick we've seen a bit of him over the last sort of eighteen months, haven't we? He he uh, he'd made his debut already. He's a big he's a big lad. He's a left footer. Um, he was put into a essential central well three central hours wasn't he? So we had a bit of protection that's for sure. Michael Keane, I thought by the way, was exceptional. But how impressed were you with, with him if he take this goal out of it? It was another, um, I've got to say, every time I've seen Bradford, I think he's been quite solid, but it was another fairly solid performance from him. And great to see him, after a fairly sort of lengthy injury, come into the side and, and give the manager yeah, a bit of a selection headache going forward. No,
1: definitely, I thought he was very elegant. I don't think he was bullied at all, I thought he looked calm and composed. And I have to say, I think he was like that because I think um, what I was reading, he, you know, he, he liked Rafa Benitez a lot. You know, Rafa's given me a, a bit of a, a talk into him in training. And I have to say about Rafa, I thought he was very, very clever with what he did on, on Thursday and also very brave. I think, obviously, he's tried everything. And after the Palace game, I've been getting a few injuries, Coleman um, and a, f- um, a few of the other lads were injured. And it was almost like he had a game plan, like, I was surprised Gabamon didn't start, if I'm, if I'm honest. But he knew he was coming on with 20 to go. I think that was already set. Obviously, Dobbin come on with half an hour to go. And like we were still in the game. Now, it changes in hindsight. You think, you know, um, I'm going to give these lads a chance. These young lads, Branthwaite, Kenny, um, Sims. But as the game goes on, your goals change. And you may have kept it slightly with with the experience. But I think there was no pressure on these lads, as you said. I thought Branthwaite... Branthwaite, he was he was really calm, really elegant. I don't think he was out of position at all. And we played kind kind of a low block, but he wasn't bullied off set pieces. He he, I thought you know Michael Keane and himself had a great partnership, and it was great to see when he did score. Michael Keane's face towards Branthwaite as if like you know he really enjoyed playing alongside them. Um, but it's only good for Everton going forward. There's not many left-footed centre offs in the league and of of any quality really, but. It's a, it's a nice balance. I thought it was a really nice balance, but he, his performance. And again, credit to Benitez, because obviously I went to City a few weeks ago and we went with the white flag and obviously lost players through suspension. And it was almost to say, why can't we do this against these teams? You know, the low block at Anfield last year, we did exactly the same thing. Uh, Liverpool found it harder at Anfield. So we have got it in us. Um, but I don't think... We See it too often, but I think he, he, he threw the young lads in, and there's no they've been sitting on the line like Sir Kenny. He's been coming out saying, You know, you might need to move on if he's not getting a chance. And he's been watching it from the side. and, and To be fair to, to that lad, he, he's you know, not had much praise, but I thought he, he was outstanding as well in in a, in a different way. Um, but no, great, great performance. And obviously, Brian Thwaites, he was one of our shining stars.
2: I have to agree with you, mate, actually, on, on, on the left footed centre half thing. I mean. They're a gold. they gold dust, really, because you know if you're playing, especially in a free, uh, it opens up that side of the pitch for you that you've got a left footer there. It just gives you better balance. And
1: Definitely.
2: obviously, you know, we were by all accounts so close to sealing that deal for Gabriel, weren't we? You ended yeah, up yeah. going to Arsenal. Right, yeah. uh, now, whilst Gabriel, I think, had an indifferent season last season, I think he's looked pretty solid yeah. this season. Yeah, I've yeah. been pretty impressed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, alongside White, they've, they've they've formed a decent partnership there. But then, when you look at it logically. Would would have bringing in Gabriel have potentially stunted Branthwaite coming through, you yeah. know, and and there's probably an argument to say that's yes, um, but you know, when, whenever a young player comes in, is or is thrown into a, a side like that, you know, a, a side that's, you know, struggling with injuries, um, they've they've got to take their chance, yeah. They've got to take their chance, and there's one thing you'd say about Branthwaite in that game, he very much took his chance. Yeah. There's a shout for him now that certainly if we play free at the back again. That, you know why? Why can't he start? You know, why can't he start? He, he, you know the manager will be looking at him now, and by all accounts, they were looking at him. Essentially, going to go on loan in January. Well, after a performance like that against the European champions, I know Chelsea had a few players out, but they, their, their squad, as we all know, is absolutely ridiculous with talent. Um, their levels very rarely drop when they bring on subs and stuff like. that Anyway, and and he, he didn't look he didn't look phased at all. And and, and what, what I like about him is. Sign of a good defender for me is they don't always go to ground. You know, I mean, they stay on their feet a lot and you don't see him diving in at all. And you contrast that to his partner on the other side, on the right, you know, Holgate, who was just basically every every, every moment he wants to come off his feet and just fly into people. You fly into people. I mean, Zayat chaps that he did him with a little step over, didn't he, a dummy? And then when in, and five minutes later he just went straight through him. And and that's where Holgate for me lets himself down. He just has a rush of blood and stuff like that. and, and you know, gives away stupid fouls in, in dangerous places. Um, but Branthwaite, on the other side, just looked really calm, composed, good on the ball, strong in the air. You know, not incredibly quick, but quick enough, if you know what I mean. Like, do you know what I mean? He's not lightning like Godfrey, but he's quick enough to recover if he if he cocks up or anything like that. So, I think we've got a real gem there, if we manage him correctly. Um, I really do. Um, and, you know, there's every chance, like I said, he comes into the side. And, you know, these sort of games, they suit, you know, Michael Keane had a great game against Arsenal, it was, you know, very poor against Palace, and then, you know, against Chelsea, has another good game, so, I think it suited, obviously, the likes of Keane, where, you know, you, you're sitting off, and you're winning headers, and you're winning blocks, and he's very good at that, and and that did suit us, um, but you mentioned the Liverpool game, obviously, and I, I wish we'd have played, maybe not as defensively as that, if you like, we don't want to give away 80-20, but in the end, we ended up doing it nearly anyway, but, I felt we should have been like that, against Liverpool, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where we should have been, as we all said at the time, free in the midfield, shut down all the spaces going through the middle of the pitch, and 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 just basically be horrible to play against. Like you said, like we did at Anfield. You know what, mm-hmm. what I mean? Just be like that, and I just wish we had done that because you know we basically committed suicide by going 2 v three there, and then the game was over potentially after twenty thirty minutes, wasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Just on just on that, Lee. I think like as well uh, with Michael Keane. I do. I think there's a player in there. I think he's very. I think it's based on confidence a lot, like you said. I thought he had a good game when we drew Tottenham 0-0 against Harry Kane, and then he played well against Arsenal. He yep. had, but in between them, he's had some poor games. When he plays with Holgate, he's got to be the man to win the ball all the time, the headers. Same with Godfrey. I don't think Godfrey is strong in the air, as you see. He's played fullback now. He looks a lot more comfortable. Where I think Branthwaite, they they complement each other. You know, they go go and win a header. They're both big and strong. Obviously, I think Michael Keane plays a lot better when he's with Yeri uh, Mina as well. So I think when Keane's gonna be the more dominant when he plays alongside alongside a Holgate or a Godfrey. That's when his game gets more panicky because he's not great on the boilers That looped or that chipped pass across pitch. I think his game is uh, another big, strong centre half alongside me where we can take uh, we can uh, take it in turns to win the ball either side rather than. It's got to be Michael Keane's got to win those headers as the big colossal at the back. Um, So I thought they complemented each other and I thought they both got stronger as the game went on, Brantley and Keane together, which is really good to see.
0: Yeah, like you say, Michael Keane, he's been probably a bit inconsistent in in recent weeks, but he picked out there, obviously, the the Tottenham game, Arsenal, Chelsea. He he does does step up, and when he does step up, obviously the, the system helps him when we do play Deep and in this this uh, this low block um, situation, he does play that bit better. It suits him. It suits his game at Burnley. You know that's how they play quite often. So that's Michael Keane's game. But you no know, fair play to him. He's he's, he's obviously he's pulled uh, Jared Grant Grantley through the game, uh, and and he has led. And you've got to, you've got to take your hat off to him as well. Um, and I think it's it's massively important now that with with the injury concerns we've got over Yeri Mina, who we've touched on this in, in previous podcasts recently. You know, we, we can't rely on him now to, to be playing week in, week out. You know, he, he's come back already, lasted, say, 15, 20 minutes, and he was off the pitch. So it's important we now see someone else who's, who's re-emerging to, to come in to, to partner Michael Keane. Uh, now, Ben Godfrey, I think is getting back to some kind of form, but in the shorter term could be getting used at left-back, uh, which we'll come on to later on in the show. So, Jared Brantwick, there could be a shout for him to come in and play in, in a back four and be the, the partner for, for Michael Keane. So, he's certainly, as I said before, given the manager a question to ask, and he's going to be in his thoughts, I think, over the next the next few games, that's for sure. But if we if we talk about and think about the, the Chelsea goal, I know my, my initial thoughts when it went in was, there we go, well, that that's game over, it was the 70th minute couldn't see us getting back into it like, like you, you said Phil, we can sort of feel comfortable at nil 0 in these kind of games but then once we concede one it then goes to two and three and and so on uh, and, and scoring so late I just thought yeah just I just can't see us getting back into this now not with the the side that we had we had out there especially but they seem to target our left hand side didn't they, and, and they were getting in Sort of earlier on behind Ben Godfrey, um, and obviously it happened for the, for the goal, didn't it? Where Mason Mounts come in and, and it sort of turned Godfrey inside out and he slots it. Um, we 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 can, were you or are you concerned? You know, if looking ahead as well, if if we're thinking that Godfrey's going to play there more regularly in in the near future, does does that concern you? What what happened on on Thursday night?
2: Um. In in those types of matches, you don't mind Godfrey playing there, where we need a more defensive fullback or wing-back in this case, wherever you want to call it. Um, you don't mind Godfrey playing because he does a job. You know he's not he, he's not he's not easily to skin, is he? Very few wingers get change out of him one v one. What you lose with that though, he's very much right footed. He hasn't really got a left foot, and what you lose is, is is any sort of threat going forward. Dear, you don't really you don't really have a threat going forward with him. I know he has a couple of a couple of runs and a couple of lung busting runs like he does, but very rarely he picks someone out at the end of it. Um so for me, short term, no. Um but obviously when you play in the likes like we had Palace the other day, for example, you want you want, well, Luca Dean, you know, we'll come on to talk about him in a second. But you know, you'd rather him be playing where he's got the ability to put in ridiculous quality from crosses and, and, and things like that when when Benitez allows him to cross halfway line. Um but um yeah, I don't. I don't mind him playing. I don't mind him playing there against against teams that you perceive where you're not going to have as much of the ball. Um, but the second half, you, you talked about the goal there. Um, we started to grow more in confidence in the game. Chelsea started running out of ideas more. I know they had obviously both their main strikers missing, didn't they? So uh, that helped. But they, towards you know, you, you just found that they were just lashing balls in the box without really any quality. They were struggling to get in behind us and they were putting balls in you know from deep and they weren't really creating apart from the, as I said the first 15 20 after that we were relatively solid um but then second half as we as we grew in more confidence um we started breaking with a bit more purpose didn't we and i thought dobbin when he came on you know made a bit of a difference as well he put himself about he's a bit more mobile um and he caused them a few issues with his running off the ball closing down and I said to you, uh, well, Mike, obviously you had it muted, so you probably read it afterwards. But um, I said, football, when you see games like that, and we've all played footy at various levels or whatever, you do realise that, you know, technically, yes, it's important to be good technically. But when you get to that level, you know, it's a given that you're going to be half decent technically if you're playing in the Premier League. It all comes down to decision-making. And the top players make the right decision pretty much 80 90% of the time, don't they? And there's a couple of times when we broke where you just thought, oh, you know, make the right decision there, make the right weight of pass, make the right pass. And we're in, you know what I mean? And you know, they, they they were, they were all over. I know there's that famous still, that got thrown around on Twitter with a Wobie saying, how the hell's he missed the Corey there? You know, he, he was obviously waiting for the overlap. And then we, you know, you know, I think it was Sims wasn't it, who then ended up losing the ball, trying to find a yard to get a shot off. I mean, yeah, look, that's one example, but look, I don't like those sort of pitches, those sort of stills where, you know, okay, it looks awful when you see it in a picture, but football happens very quickly, particularly the Premier League. Fast forward, you know, a second, second and a half after that, that pass probably isn't on, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it looks a lot worse when you see a still. Um, but there was other occasions as well, though, like for the goal, where Decore, who's he, had a good season for us this season, where he broke there, and we, we, had, we had two men over on that side, and he just, delayed, he just delayed it and allowed Silver to close him down and block that off. If he plays that pass a little earlier, uh, I forget who was outside him, and then there's another guy outside him. If he plays that a little bit earlier, we're in. We've got a shot on goal. And, and that, that's the difference there with me, that, you know, the top players. And you see it in the Champions League, certain teams that don't have anywhere near the ball, but when they break, they break with such purpose and such quality that they create chances. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you guys will agree. There was just a few moments. And look, I'm not saying we should have come away with a win. Look, let's have it right on another day. Chelsea score early. It could have been four or five. But there's just times where you just think, oh, just make the right decision, lads. Make the right decision.
0: Go on. Sorry, no, I
1: just Please. leave what's on there because um, it goes under the carpet when for their goal, it was actually Abdullah who who gave the ball away. And exactly. obviously we know how how important it is is to our team, and how brilliant he's been to our in our team this season, and obviously since he signed. But no, not many people mention that, and there's no stills of that. Do you know what I mean? But when it's a, p- a player where they're not as liked as the um these stills come out, don't they? And uh, people jump on the bandwagon, and then it gets put on social media and things, and that's when uh, you know picking on players comes in, comes into the frame. But um, now, I'm spot on, I remember that, because obviously I was really frustrated. to call He's one of my favourites, but there's two players on the outside of him which he could have just played through. Um, and then there was three mistakes in one. I thought Godfrey could have got a little bit tighter and then obviously smashed it, Pickford from about six yards out. Um, but, the, but then, like you said, on, on the social media, there's stills of other players, or various players uh, making mistakes and it's blown out of proportion because an- another second later, that pass isn't on, you know, so... Yeah, exactly I that. Exactly. I mean, it,
2: it, if it's a Wobie that gives it away there for the goal, that leads to the goal, of he's course. getting murdered
1: and he's course, getting murdered.
2: Yeah. And it wasn't a difficult pass. No,
1: he's no, He's obviously no.
2: tried to check onto his right foot. And obviously, like I said, Silva can see what's going on, see the picture around him. And, you know, he's, his head is like, I'll either foul him or win the ball here just to stop the attack because they know they're getting overloaded. And obviously, he ends up winning the ball. They break on us. We, we, we obviously just got a bit giddy thinking we could take yeah. the win here because they started obviously like, you know, uh, running out of patience. The crowd were really quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we've conceded, but you know credit to the lads. After that, the heads didn't drop. You know, you're thinking all oh, the floodgates are going to open here now, and and the, the heads didn't drop, and obviously went on to get a, a fantastic uh,
0: equaliser. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's a, that's really key, though, isn't it? Because like I said, when the goal went in, um, your first thought is how is it going to be now. You know, only a short period of time left. I can't see us getting anything from the game. So the, the reaction was, was really key, but just. Just on a Woby, I know we've had a little chat before we recorded today, and there's been, um, he has deleted his his posts in the yards uh, to Evan from Instagram, is my understanding. I uh, have a quick chat last night and nothing on there. And it's difficult, isn't it? It's really difficult for, for any player who is certainly out of form. He, he's certainly got no confidence. And we've had to the point there where he, he could have made. A pass through to Corey and he's chosen not to and gone gone the other way and it's because maybe he wants to do the, the easier thing and uh, some people can't get on get on his back but like we said split second decision, when you look at a still of a situation, it's never ever as clear cut as the live game where you're moving and you've got to see 30 really, very really quickly so I think it's it's really hard because players players can be criticised and you know we, we don't shy away from from, from saying if a player plays poorly whatever it might be but in, in the same breath we always make sure that if a player's played well they get the as well and it's, it's it's how it should be. It's more to do with I think with, with, with social media, people now feel or oh, they've got access to a, a, a basically a platform to, to give players abuse. So it's one thing saying someone's not played well or might not have picked the right pass or whatever it might be, but he's come off the pitch there. Um, it was highlighted by one of the journalists who were there, and straight away, he's headed down, down the tunnel and and Duncan Ferguson's gone, you know, go and, go and see the away fans. And I think that shows you where he is mentally. I think he's struggling with his, I would say, with the, the abuse he, he probably gets on a, on a weekly basis. and mean, he, he's, he's an easy target. And, and us as fans, we've got a responsibility to to act responsible when it comes to, to, to critiquing players and being aware that, you know, they are human. They they do they do suffer. Um they they can really, you know, these kind of you know negative comments can really impact and impact them and impact the performance and impact their personal lives. And you've just got to be careful with with every every player. But you know, like you said, the Corey makes a mistake, Chelsea score, doesn't really get highlighted. It won't be goes to pass the ball or should have passed the ball through to the Coria and chooses not to. He's getting tagged into all kinds of posts on Twitter and Instagram, slagging him off. There's the difference, isn't it? So people have got to be really careful with their agendas and the, and the opinions on players is, is what I would say. Um, but going back to our goal, fantastic reaction. You know, didn't see it coming. Um, won a ball by Anthony Gordon, who I thought, by the way, probably his best game for the club. I think we could all argue it probably was. You know, a, a, a young lad who... Like you said after the game, you, you can always be sure whether he has a, as he called it a worldie or not, he will always have, have put in put in effort and you will never ever fault him for that. He's always there for the team and will give us everything. And, you know, I just think Anthony Gordon, we're, we're now starting to see the emergence of a, of a really talented player. And I'm looking forward to the day he scores because I think when he scores, he'll really, really kick on. He just needs that goal, just needs need to really get the ball the ball rolling. Um well, fantastic ball! Great to see us score from a set piece and not concede for once, which was also a, a positive. And obviously, Jared Brown's piece at the back stick just just pokes it home. Um, but what, what was what was your reaction Phil, to that when that when that went You must have been absolutely delighted. And as I said, fantastic to see Everton cause cause problems from a set piece.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think sometimes when we have set pieces, we're very static, we're very still. Um, but we, we did move around a little bit and obviously listen listened to Branthwaite. He said they had practised that in, in, in training a um, day or two before. Um, and just going on the goal, and I, th- I agree Mike. I think that was his best performance. And it's almost like, thinking, I feel like a senior player now. There's Sims playing, there's Dobbin playing in the same game. Obviously Branthwaite, he's made as his, his, uh, his, his Evan David before this game. but And Kenny. It's almost like I feel part of it now. And I feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, rather than just being, he looks around. And you've got more senior players than him. If that makes sense, he seemed like he took his, you know, he rolled his sleeves up and I feel part of it. Yeah, uh, I think after the game he said the, the loudest and the most he've ever sung his name. So I think he feels he's arrived. All right, it's one game, but that game can go on to the next game, and the next game, and the next game can snowball into positivity. But on the goal, I thought, you know, like you said, Mike, straight after they would scored. Normally we we lick our wounds and it's two or three nil and we just accept to get out of there and get home, but that, massive credits to the players and great delivery and and uh, a, a great finish to seeing those fans behind the goal celebrating. It got a big warm feeling inside thinking you know what you know they deserve that because how they played.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And you, and you look at the look at the images when all the players come running over. You look at the players who were there, the likes of Brandt, the likes of Lewis Dobbin. Anthony Gordon, you know what, and then you got Tyrion Yango, who's, who's up at the time, you know, we're warming up, and he's all over them. And you know, you see the, the the footage from different angles that the crowd are taking on mobile phone, and he's, you know, they're, they're the kind of moments that that make it trip so worthwhile, aren't they? And you know, I think I think the way fans are being questioned in terms of you know the, the sanity for following everyone up and down the country, um, and that's the kind of moments. Which which basically explains why fans go to so you know go to away games and they, they follow the club all over the place for, for that kind of that kind of moments. Um, but on, on Anthony Gordon, just just to pull up basically a few a few stats on him because like I say, one thing he does give you is that work ethic, the work rate. He's he's always you know he's he plays for the team and um, we know he's got he's got great feet and that like, like I say just needs to. to to score, which would be, I think, icing on the kick for him and and he'll really kick on. But from the game itself, four recoveries, 11 duels won, four successful doubles and one assist. And it it just highlights, I think, the the all-round game that Anthony Gordon has got. And he's only going to get better. Um, But what what are your thoughts on Anthony Gordon's performance against against Chelsea? Are are you becoming more and more impressed by him uh, as the weeks go on?
2: Uh, I thought he grew into the game. Yeah, you know, as as we did as a team. You know, what I mean, I, I thought he grew into the game, and and got better and better, and and obviously, uh, you know, for the goal, um, I think he won the free kick in the first place, didn't he? Reece James uh, in a, in a little, you know, clipped his heels and obviously got the free kick, and that's that's a quality delivery, that quality delivery. Uh, you know, he whipped it in with pace, um, and you know, it was it was harder to miss in the end. He just had to get something on it, didn't he? In the end, Bram fight, and it was obviously a good run. Um, but the quality of delivery for me made the goal, and that lifted him. Uh, he was all over the show. Then I think, like Phil said, you know, he, he said he said that he um, literally, um, you know, we practiced that in training, whatever, and on and, and just find me on the back post, and he did. Uh, it was a hell of a hell of a, uh, an equaliser in that respect, and great to see the away end going nuts, limbs everywhere. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm still on the fence with Gordon a little bit. Um, Don't get me wrong, I think there's a player there, definitely. And he's a bit old school in the fact he likes to run at people. That's his first thought. And, you know, we've missed players like that. Um, But in terms of... um, You know, you look at, say, someone like Barkley coming through. uh, And I look at the talent of Ross Barkley. And then um, I don't think he's got the same sort of talent as Ross. Natural talent or natural ability um, as Ross. But um, I think he's got a better attitude. I think he's got a better attitude than, than, than Ross Barkley. I think, you know, the game comes easy to Ross. It's come easy to him. He worked his way through all the ranks very quickly, years ahead of his age group and everything else. And you obviously, when he first came in the Everton team, he showed real quality, didn't he? Um, but I think with Gordon, I, I, you know, he could be one of those players that just gradually gets better and gets to a level rather than being like Barkley, who was already at a level. I don't know what you guys think, but I just think, I just think, you know, he, he seems to have a real... A real solid attitude, Gordon, and that's where arguably was one of Barclays' weaknesses, as, as we all know.
0: Yes, I totally, totally agree. You know, it's uh, his attitude is one of the the standout attributes that he's got. I think, but attitude can take you a long way. We 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 quite often and so often question player attitude, and it's we know it's early days with Anthony Gordon. He's been in and around the side for about the last eighteen months. Um obviously he went on loan which didn't really work for him last year and could have arguably gone on loan again in the summer if we would have brought in a, another another body in that position so it's been great for him that that didn't happen and we're, we're starting now to, to reap the rewards but very very early days uh, there's still a long way to go in his development uh, but it's, it's just brilliant to see I think local lads when local lads come through especially you know the <laughs> They can go one or two ways, can't they? Because the, the pressure can be can be too much for, for many. Um I think we probably might have seen it with Tom Davis. The expectation attached to, to young local talent is, is one thing which can go one or two ways. And so far I think he's embracing it. Um the fans have certainly embraced Anthony Gordon. Like you said before, Phil, you know, the reaction that he got at the end of the game and when he went over he, and the video that he that he put out the interview after the game, he was delighted, wasn't he? You can see. He loves he just loves playing for Everton um, as an as an Everton fan. So I'm delighted with how it's going for him. I, I'm looking forward to see how he develops further. And it's only going to obviously help us in the in the near in the near future if he if he does progress and continues to progress at a at a similar rate as the season goes on. Um, but we'll we'll finish up there in regards to the Chelsea game. Very positive point. Delighted to get it. Needed, the manager certainly needed it, I think, Um, a free hit and, and, you know, a point point certainly gained. But one thing that we did mention was Ben Godfrey playing left-back. There's still an issue surrounding Luca Dean. There's been a lot of talk the last few days that we've actually signed a left-back, and we're going to discuss that in the next part. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Cernsey podcast. And like like we said, we're gonna gonna discuss the, the left back situation. We we had a quick chat, uh, me and Pete last week in regards to what's actually going on. And it was announced before the, the Chelsea game that Luca Dean was ill in the in the mines, the mines press conference. Um so he had trained and he was part of a of a starting eleven. So I think he was he was expected to start the game. And there's the, the clearly issues there. I don't buy for one minute that he was ill. He was insane yesterday. Judging by the pictures he put on on social media, um, and they don't seem to have made up. Don't seem to be wanting to make up. And it's only going one way. Um, from from what we from what we know, and this is just you know from people that we've we've spoken to ourselves. He Luca Dean is being touted around various clubs by his agents. Potentially for a January move, that won't come as a, as a surprise to to anyone. I'd be very, very surprised if we see him um, play for the club again. That's just my that's personal opinion. And then this this talk of a of the replacement almost appeared in the last sort of three or four days, and it seems to have um, seems to have been signed off almost. And I certainly don't know very much about this this particular player, um, and I haven't seen much footage on on him either, but. The player in question is, is a Ukrainian international uh, by the name of Mike Halenko. So that seems to be been all wrapped up, according to to the Athletic. Um, I think personal terms have been agreed. The transfer fee has been agreed as well, which is going to be spread over the length of his of his five year deal. Um, but Phil, I'm I surprised at you at, at where the situation has actually gone. You know, if we think back to to the initial fallout, if you like. Are you surprised that, that, that Luca Dean now could have
1: played his last game for the club? Yeah, I, th- I think he's been one of our most consistent players since he's obviously since he's been at Everton, uh real fans favourite. Um, you know, he hasn't had the greatest eighteen months or so. Now, is that because he's been unhappy in himself? Because apparently he didn't get on with Ancelotti as, as well as everyone thought he did. Um at times as well. Um and has he been his form been so poor that he's been wanting to to move for a well, what was there. He did to move for a while. It's such a sad um, scenario, really, because again looking at Luca Dean's career, he's been at Lille, PSG, Roma, Barcelona. We're, we're the longest club he's ever been at. Um, so he he has moved around, and obviously they are top clubs. Um, but it it doesn't come across as as um, a rock the bow. He's been one of one of our captains in our. Under Marco Silva, the, the pool of four captains we had, um, I just th- find the whole thing, it, 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 bizarre. It's a, biz- you know, a weird situation. It's bizarre, really. Um, I understand players and managers clash, and, and obviously Rafa wants us to be a little bit more defensive, and he's come out and said, it's a, uh, it's ugly football by all accounts. Um, but I am surprised it's, it's it's snowballed quite quick, and we've been linked. When I read the stories that we, you know, how quick this is come about this player um, and then obviously with The Athletic saying you know, terms have been agreed and things I find it so bizarre how it's come from a fallout or a potential fallout um, to then seeing pictures of him in France to then Rafa saying no he's ill um, but then has he been in the country obviously by his pictures he has it just seems very hush hush and I'm going to win this war from Rafa um, I do also believe Luca Dean's Kind of playing quite clever as well because he knows the fans, you know, dislike Rafa Benitez and they you know that, you know, he's got his own song, Luca Dean, and, and the fans do like Luca Dean. I do believe Rafa could have hung him out to dry in that press, con- press conference because I didn't see him in any um, training photos and he said he was in the starting lineup but then he become ill. I don't believe that, you know, at all. But I thought, again, very modest by Rafa. I just find it, like I said a few times, it's bizarre what's gone on and what's happening.
0: Yeah, it it is it certainly is. Obviously, you know they they're not getting on, and you know reports of data to be believed is they they're they having heated arguments on the training field, and you know that's to do with the fact that Luca Dean is is being asked to play that much deeper and that much defensive, uh, much more defensively. Sorry, compared to what his, his natural game is. Um, but I must, I've got to, I've got to stress this. People seem to think that Luca Dean can't defend. And he certainly can defend. You know, his, his stats this season show that he, that he can defend. I, I, I think that one thing, because he is playing a little bit deeper, one thing that stands out for me is, is that he has got decent defensive ability. And I think for some people, that's a little bit of a sort of a cop-out to say that just because he is a, a modern-day fullback with, who likes to get forward and, and obviously create goals and, and take set-pieces and things like that, just because he's been unable to do that he still doesn't mean that he can't defend. And I think, you know, people forget that. I'm not saying, by the way, he's in like the top five left-backs in the world defensively. But he's certainly, he certainly yeah, no mug when it comes to that side of his game. And that's the thing, you know, is this kid who's coming in, you know, he's 22. And, um, you know, if it works out, then then great. It's, it's probably the kind of age bracket that we should be looking at to, to, to bring into the club. Um, you know, certainly if his value can increase over time, it's, it's, that's the idea of, of this kind of transfer. I mean, he's not especially cheap um, by any stretch of the imagination. It's around 18, £80 million, I think, is the fee which is being quoted. I can't see his, his wages being particularly high. So I think he's, he's certainly within, within the, right, the right age bracket. Um, the, the gamble that we've got there is that, you know, he's played Ukrainian football, uh, obviously Dynamo Kiev, uh, Ukrainian international. It's a, it's the difference between those between the two leagues and and just throwing throwing this kid in. So say he signs on the face of Jan, and you are then putting him in at left back straight away. That's a gamble for me, and I'd be looking to try and ease him into things and play Ben Godfrey, and then gradually ease the kid in to, to the left back position. Um, but but Goddean, I know I know obviously you're um, you're a big fan of Luke Deans, and you know you're you're not probably too pleased without. How things have gone, and how, how the fact he's you he know like he's going to be leaving the club, because as well as attack, you know he, he he can defend, can't
2: he? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I wasn't on the pod last week, and I I was I, I wish I was because I wanted to be quite vocal about about Luca Dean, because you know all this all this shenanigans like it's it, it kind of splits the fan base. It's kind of half the fan base are coming out, or certainly social media fan base if we base it on that at the minute are coming out saying yeah glad glad we're getting rid of him he's been garbage for 12 months well i totally disagree with that i totally disagree with that the last two seasons uh the lads had 18 assists in the premier league i mean that's up there with some of the, you know the best left backs in europe never mind just in the premier league and and that's also in a team that doesn't really score many goals you know i mean we didn't score a great... i mean you know you put him in put him in liverpool's team put him in city's team and, you know, how many assists are you going to get there? Because technically, for me, he's a better footballer than Robertson. He's a better footballer than Robertson, put it that way, for me, me personally. Right now, he gets into Chelsea's team with Chilwell being out injured. He probably, for me, gets a nod, although some people may disagree, ahead of Zinchenko at left-back for City. And, you know, they're they're two of the best teams in, in, in the country and, and in Europe. So, for me... Um, it's a big loss for us yes look he's we've had his prime years you can say that and he's he, you know in the next two years he's going he's going to start traipsing uh, the other side of that but losing a player of that quality is not what we need to be doing right now it's not what we need to be doing you know left back for us. yes whilst he's the only one fit at the minute you know we've got Nkonku, um, who is out uh, on loan um We've got we've got bigger problems to solve than, than than the Luca Dean issue. And and you know, going back to the tackling thing you said there, Mike, yes, he was at fault for the goal against Villa with Matty Cash. He was at fault for that goal, he, you know, he's let his runner go and he's got inside him. But you know, outside the top six, he's second for tackle success rate behind Basuma. You know, so you know, it's not as if he gets skinned every single time. Yes, he probably struggles a bit against pace, but most full backs do unless they're absolutely rapid anyway. Yeah, and for me now in football, a lot of the most creative t- uh, uh, players in a team now are fullbacks. That's the way the game's going. You know, you look at Liverpool's two fullbacks. You look at Cancelo for City at the minute. Yeah, uh, you know he's absolutely flying in terms of uh, in terms of assists. So for me, it's frustrating because Rafa is hindering the best side of his game. And if you look at the you know chances created for us as a team last season under Carlo. He's up, he's up there with him. It's him, Hammers and Richarlison in terms of ch- chances created uh, and miles clear than everybody else. So what Raf has effectively said to him is, look, lad, uh, I know you're great at creating chances. I know we get a lot of, a lot of the game goes through you, uh, but I'm not only am I taking you off set pieces, uh, I also don't want you to get forward as much either. I mean, if I'm Luca Dean in that, in that position and I know what my stats are, and I know what I contribute to this team... And he's essentially a vice captain in, with, with a great attitude from what I can see. I think he's got every right to have a chat with a manager. I think he's got every right to speak to the manager. If that's me, I'd speak to the manager if I felt the best part of my game was being hindered. And also, we've lost eight games out of nine. It's not as if we were on a, like, you know, a winning streak and, and, and therefore you, know, you can clearly see it's working. You know, For me, he's got every right to have a conversation with the manager. And if the manager's reaction is to go, right, shut up, sit down, you're dropped and oh by the way if you don't shut up I'm going to sell you as well I think I, it doesn't sit right with me that it doesn't sit right with me you've got to be able to speak to the manager you've got to be able to speak to him if you don't things are going right and the, the reaction shouldn't be you know you're right, you're, you're dropped and um, by the way you're getting sold um, I don't know what you think Phil I know you want to say something
1: No so I, I was boss only as well it's like people must at the social media be great think oh Luca Dean hasn't got assist this year well how are Everton doing or the, the conceding left right and centre we can't defend the same yeah. happens with Trent Alexander-Arnold. If he doesn't assist, people automatically say he can't defend. But because he is assistant, it goes under the bridge kind of thing. If that makes sense, Luca Dean's been quite quiet on that front. We've not we don't score many goals. We don't nothing comes down. Um, recently, we haven't scored many goals, um, you know, two or three in many games. So you're like, I agree. Lee, you know his game is hindered on on obviously what Rafa wants to do, and he's asked the question. You know. He knows how it works at Everton, Luka Dean. And I feel he's been hung out to dry. He's made an example of it. Now, if you know if, if Luca Dean does, it, I can do it to anyone. And he's very stubborn in his ways. But I do believe, you know, people look at social media and, like you said, it splits the fan base. Luka Dean gets, like you said, 18 assists across two seasons. What's he done this season? Regarding that, oh, he's been quite quiet on that. Oh, how are Everton getting on? Oh, they let him three and four in each week. He can't defend. And it's it's rubbish. It's a load of rubbish.
2: Totally agree. He shut. He shut down one of our most creative outlets, Benitez, yeah. by doing this. He yeah. really has. And as I said, he's taken him off set pieces. Now, again, I wouldn't mind if we were scoring. Literally, you know, we were a real threat from set pieces, but we're not. I know we scored the other day from a great ball from Gordon, obviously. But we've, you know, Townsend effectively has picked up from where Luka Dean would have been taking left-footed set pieces. And yeah, you know, I know Townsend has got a decent technique, but let's be honest. I mean, is, is he any better on on those set pieces? Not really. I mean, if anything, it was his corner cocked up the goal that led to the Seamus Coleman error in the Derby. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, f- for me, um, you know, I think I, I-, I don't want to be getting... I don't, I- we shouldn't be looking to sell Luca Dean. We should not be look. Look, I'm glad we've we've got, you know, we've clearly gone after a lad from what we've been told by all accounts. Um, it was, was a, a brand, a guy that was being scouted for by brands that Benitez has given the nod on anyway. So look, I don't mind us going for a young young lad and taking a bit of a gamble on a player that, you know, let's be honest, isn't a household name, but obviously, you know, could turn out to be a, a, a top player. I don't mind us signing in that sort of bracket. Um, and obviously, we you know, if it's a five-year deal, we can amortise that over five years. It's four million quid a year or whatever. I mean, that that's, and he'll be, like you said, Mikey, he probably won't be on a great deal of wages. I don't mind us trying to go in after players like that. But for me, I'd, lo- I'd like him to come in as a backup to Dean Initially, and then obviously when Dean gets, to, you know, he's 29, isn't he? Soon, and then obviously once he gets to 30, then maybe, yeah, look to look to sell him on. Um, but yeah, I think you know Rafa's got form here. We all know that. You, you know, I don't know whether you guys have read the Athletic last week. You know, he, you know, he famously fell out with with Alonso at Liverpool because Alonso went to the birth of his kid, um, you playing know, overplayed in a Champions League game, and then um, you know by all accounts, then Rafa that 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 was it for Rafa. And he dropped in for the next few games and then he was he was sold he was sold later that summer. Um and that's for me, you know, that that's Rafa in a nutshell. Same with John Terry at Chelsea, exactly the same as Terry, you know, when he came in it there. Obviously Terry was coming towards the end of his career, but he was injured when he first came. Um, apparently from what Terry said in his book, apparently he turned around and said, Oh yeah, Rafa kept on saying to us, Oh yeah, at Liverpool we did this, at Liverpool we did that. So Terry went, you know, being being the leader that he is, went and told him, Look, look, Gaffer, um, this is Chelsea now, not Liverpool. The, lad, the lads aren't really liking this and not, they're not enjoying it that you keep on mentioning Liverpool. And, and to be fair, you know, any captain, that's the right thing to say. That's that's way the, the way the dressing room is feeling. And then by all accounts, Terry said he, he barely got a sniff after that. I think he came on and he played in one game, got two goals, I think it was a cup game, he said, and then he was dropped. And then I think th- this this is Benitez in a nutshell. And And, you know for me, I said it on, on, on Twisted, these are classic traits of a narcissist. You know what I mean? I am always right, you're always wrong. And if you want to get in a battle with me, I'm the manager, so I have the final say. So if you cross me, you're not playing. And if you cross me even more than that, not only are you not playing, I'll put you on the transfer list as well.
0: And that's certainly not a place that we want to really find ourselves. We we know the the managers, the, the way that he goes about his business, like you say, like it's not, not as if we weren't aware of that. It's, it's been much publicised, especially in recent weeks, but, you know, go go back a number of years and the number of clubs that he's been at. It's very much is the manager's way or, or you're, you're on your bike. And we've seen it with Luca Dean, obviously. Um, there's been murmurings of, of other players who haven't been too pleased. It wasn't just, he wasn't just the one senior player who took exception to, um, to the manager's tactics. It, you know, it, it, it impinged their game. It wasn't just Luca Dean, but clearly he was the most vocal about it. Um but hopefully, you know, we we've gonna have to sort of move on without him. It, it looks like this this signing seems to seems to be wrapped up. Luca Dean, like we said, has certainly been touted to other clubs. I think I saw that I mean this is only paper talk, not what we've heard, but the, the papers are saying Newcastle, which is an easy thing because they've got money. Leicester, another another club who've been mentioned for for Luca Dean. And like I said on last week's podcast, he's gonna to wanna to get first team football and be playing. Because he's got a World Cup around the corner, and at the moment he finds himself a bit further down the Franz order, and he's going to want to get his, his, um, his position in that side and that start eleven back, and do do what he what he does best, and that's as a, as an attacking fullback. But you know, we, we can't really comment on the the player who's coming in. I haven't seen a great deal of him. You know, the deal looks good on paper. He, he looks big and strong, um, and and a, certainly a more Rafael Benitez type fullback than. Than Luke is. so we we we'll wait and see how that that particular signing works out. Um, but
2: well, by all accounts, Mike, he was he was a centre. He played centre half, and then he's been moved out to to back So obviously that you know he can he can he, the lad can clearly defend. Um, I had a quick chat with Piv um, about it, and obviously uh, he, you know we've, he's been on this podcast with us, and he said exactly what you just said. The lads, he's, he's quick, he's strong, he's an athlete. That that they are all the signs you want, you know, in in for a Premier League player. Obviously, it's going to take him time to adjust. If he just gets thrown in in the deep end in January and thrown straight in that team, and has a couple of ropey games, which let's be honest, he possibly could do, trying to adjust to the speed of the Premier League halfway through a season, then um, you know he's going to get a lot of stick. And I hope he doesn't. Uh, But you know, if he has three or four, like you know, five six tough games in a row. Um, fans are instantly going to start, you know, saying, "Why the hell have we got rid of Dean?" And it'll be another thing to throw at Benitez. I'd much rather as keep Dean, even if it's until the summer, and you know he plays he plays the odd game or as an understudy for him or whatever, and and, and slowly integrates to the Premier League rather than just being thrown in, thrown in straight away as a young kid. Uh, but just to back up the stats I was saying before on Dean, David Hughes uh, put up uh, on Twitter the other day, and he said Everton last season top three. In terms of goal actions, goal creating actions, so Hamas Rodriguez thirteen, Luca Dean eleven, Richarlison nine, and then top three in terms of shot creating actions, Richarlison eighty, Rodriguez Hamas Rodriguez seventy two, Luca Dean seventy. But two, you know, if if Luca Dean goes, to, there's two of our biggest creators in chief last uh, last season gone. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, and then Rashard has missed a chunk of this season as well. So that tells you there. You know, that a lot of our creativity came down that side, and a lot of it obviously was, you know, switches, quick switches of play to Luca Dean down that side. And as we all know, he only needs half a yard to get to get that brilliant left foot uh, whip round the defender for a great, a great cross, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, of course, of course. And it's a shame that it's it's come to this, and it's, it looks like it's going to end on it. On a sour note, um, that's for sure. Uh, but like I say, the, you know, we have to see how this this transfer works. That was, by all accounts, it's done. Uh, from what we, what everyone has heard, basically, um, so it should be announced at the start of the start of January. Uh, before we we move on to the final part of the show, just a, a quick a quick point in terms of signings, we've also been linked to a right back. Many people saying, you know, we're we're getting Luca Dean's success again before he's even left the club having to play Seamus Coleman from three years ago at right-back. Um, obviously Patterson Rangers was linked, has been linked again recently There's a kid at Mets. Um, again you know forgive my pronunciation if this is wrong by the way. Uh, Fabian Sentonzi, um who's been also been linked but he's been he's linked to a host of clubs but apparently Everton again from what we know are interested. Um, phil it's that that's a position isn't it which we've you know we've been crying out for 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 quite a number of years now for someone to come in and take over from Seamus Coleman we, we've seen Seamus Coleman get a you know a really rough ride in recent weeks through really you know no fault of his own and he's not being he's not been replaced uh by almost a, a younger model if you like um, so it's quite positive to see us linked to a a right-back, isn't he? And, and I see him to rest that position now after so long of us not doing so.
1: No, you're right. I think no fault of his own, Seamus. Um, you'd do anything for this club and you know he, he'll be probably be critical of his own performances again uh, this season. Um, but it, it, it's something that's needed addressing for so long now and obviously it was pathetic of what, what whose fault it was with the dumb freeze Dumfries and, uh, last season and, and, and players... Uh, before that. um, But what do I also say about Seamus? He won't hide, ever. I know he hasn't been outstanding, and, and, and again, people jump on the bandwagon. He hasn't been as bad. Again, you, you associate Seamus Coleman as clockwork, down that right wing, crossing the ball, doing it himself, scoring a goal. Obviously, he hasn't got the legs anymore, so he criticize how poor he is as a defender. Uh, I don't think he's been as bad as people. Obviously, he's made some key mistakes, i.e. Liverpool, and a few of them, obviously the Palace, um, um. And obviously we knew what he tried to do, and it didn't pay off. But um, the other side of him, uh, at Chelsea, a lot of my friends went on Thursday, and so he was up and down that touchline again, like he was at Huddersfield, um, encouraging, and, and you know the first one to be out there, patting the badge. You know, sentimental. We all love a bit of that. But I know it's time to move on. But it's such, it, it's great that you know things seem to be getting in the pipeline in January, and hopefully, um, in January we do get a uh, fullback and of some quality as well with the boys that you mentioned there
2: yeah by all accounts the lad from Mets is another Brands one as well apparently uh-huh. um, so yeah there'll be legacy legacy transfers from Brands that'll certainly be you know his scouting team uh, we've got two scouts over in France from his team that he obviously uh, pulled together there um, so hopefully yeah um, and by all accounts obviously the Dunfrees one was a done deal wasn't it and, oh. and Rafa and Rafa uh, put the brakes on it and um, possibly possibly naively thinking um um like some of the managers before him that kenny would have been a uh a, a decent predecessor uh not predecessor but a decent backup sorry uh and as we all know i just don't think john joe's good enough for the premier league so it's a fit it's a weird one with sheamus we all love him to bits he's he, he's been a brilliant servant for everton and i just don't want to happen to him which is signs of it now that will happen to tim howard yeah you Know where he's you know he's playing more games than he should be at that age, and you know he's been at fault for, for a few different goals. Um, you know, that one against Palace the other day was a prime example, and obviously the famous one against Liverpool when we were still in the game at 2 1. Um, and you know, he's increasingly making you know he plays with his heart on his sleeve, he really does, and we love him to bits, like I said. But um, I just think, I just think you know, he, he needs to be playing every now and then, not every game. He's 35. You know what I mean, um, and he still hasn't retired from international football either. He loves Ireland. He plays ninety minutes every time for them. You know, you can't be playing that much football at his age. You just can't. And we need to protect his legacy as well as well as having someone as someone there. Um, You know, a younger version coming through. And by all accounts, this lad at Mets is supposed to be a real talent. So you know, I'm fed up of seeing other clubs pull absolute gems out of France. Why don't we do the same?
0: Yeah, let's hope, let's hope it's a sign of things to come and a fairly busy January transfer window. It looks like that way at the moment, with obviously incomings, but also outgoings as well. Um, so, we're going to take a, our final break of, of this week's show, and we will be back in a couple of minutes to discuss, unfortunately, the latest on how COVID 19 is impacting football. Welcome back to the final part of this week's unholy Trinity podcast. And um, unfortunately, we've we're back in the in the realms of COVID nineteen. Now we never went away, but it, it certainly wasn't impacting football. Uh, we've seen over the last sort of ten days, couple of weeks or so, it's it's back with a vengeance with this new this new variant. And we've seen quite a number of games called off, including our own against Leicester. And um, think back to Thursday. Chelsea had about, I think, three or four players who had COVID again today. Chelsea tries to get the game called off against Wolves. We, ourselves, we, we had three players struck down with illness not long before the game. You'd assume that was COVID-related, and we, we were forced to name two goalkeepers on the bench. Not unusual for Everton, of course, but only only seven subs. Um, Chelsea today was two goalkeepers and six subs. Um, and it's getting to the point now where... It's it's getting a little bit silly, you know. You, you see Leeds against Arsenal. I think Leeds had nine first team players available, and their rest were kids. And okay, Arsenal are in half decent form, and Leeds are. But Leeds, I don't think, would we'll have ever lost that game four one with a, anywhere near a full strength side, in my opinion. Um, so it's really starting to impact things now, and it's it's sad that we're back at that particular point. You know, on the on the verge of even more restrictions uh, coming in coming into play. Uh, but but what do you? How do you think this is going to play out? Do you, do you think we're going to see we're going to see a break in the season, or do you think it's just going to be a case of maybe back behind closed doors? You know, there's going to be some kind of potential mini circuit break within society anyway. And unfortunately, we we will have those uh, those fake crowd noises played through the television again.
2: God, yeah, we don't want that back, do we? It was dreadful at times. Um, I honestly don't know. They're clearly trying to get as many games that can be played played, aren't they? At the minute. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I think what you don't want, you don't want a situation where, you know, a few teams have got three games in hand on the others. Um, That's the last thing you want Um, because then obviously, you know, it's almost a bit of a a disadvantage for those guys then, isn't it? Because, you know, they're going to end up then having to play three games in a week, potentially when others are only playing one and stuff like that. Um, It's a blessing for us in a way though, Um, you know, I think we jokingly said as well, didn't we? Uh, we we want as many players, as, our, as many of our players, to go around mixing with people at the minute, just to get games called off, with the amount of injuries we've got, and um, and and that that for me is is key. You know, the longer now, if this if this gets postponed now until early January, I don't think as as Evertonians will be complaining, will we? Because you know that allows the likes of Richarlison to hopefully get fit to get back closer to the side. It certainly allows Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Time to you know he's on the cusp of being in the squad, and you know that gives him a bit more time as well. And the sooner we get our better players back on the pitch, uh, I know Rafa keeps saying, "Oh yeah, second half of the season, second half of the season, second half of the season." But it's not a given that we'll have a a better second half of the season by any means. But what clearly is a given is that we are a better team when those guys uh, are back on the pitch, Uh, and the sooner the better for me. So from from a selfish perspective, in a way. I do hope there is a bit of a mini circuit break and, and we start again um maybe maybe early January. I mean, I know there's the sort of rumours coming out saying that we could potentially push the season into June, um, to allow for that and, and you know, with there being no sort of like World Cup or anything in the summer, um that that's one possibility. So um I I'd personally prefer that from a selfish perspective.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think I think the Premier League have got a out there and explain the decision making behind things because we when Aston Villa against Burnley was called off on Saturday, it was the the quote the quote that was used was because of an outbreak of COVID-19, illness and injury. So if we're going to start throwing everything into the mix, then surely the squad that we put together on Thursday night, we should have um, had that had that as well. So we should have been able to say listen, we've got Illness, we got COVID 19 and we got injury because we were missing 10, 12, first-team players. You know, the, as I said just then, we we had seven subs, two goalkeepers, loads of kids brought in either on the bench or to start the game. And, you know, Chelsea will argue today exactly the same for them. Um, Leeds will certainly argue it. So the Premier League have got to come out and, and have, you know, be, be a bit more transparent, I think, in sort of their decision making because teams are going to them saying, listen, we've got say, seven COVID cases and by all accounts this this new variance is certainly spreading through sides a lot quicker um, and I think personally speaking I'm no scientific expert by any stretch of the imagination but because it's it, it transmits so quickly a lot of sides are going to get immunity pretty quickly as well aren't they by all accounts that will that will also happen so it's not going to cause I don't think as big an issue as we saw back in, in 2020 uh, when things were shut down but you've got to sort of look at okay from a health and safety point of view, from both players and fans, what is the right thing to do? Uh, but Phil, what, what do you think on this situation? It's something which I wish we didn't have to discuss, but it's become such a big part of everyone's life, including obviously for, for those who, f- who follow football and sports. It's 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 back again, and we've we've got to unfortunately have a have a chat about it.
1: No, you're right. I think it's strange how it's you know it's come about again at a high rise. Um, I think it was. Shocker decision yesterday at the timings, you know, obviously fans getting to the ground and things why couldn't it have been done in, in an earlier time um, and I was listening to Arteta actually um, he, he was the first game of the season, They played Brentford and it was almost like the Premier League, it was on a Friday night and it was like the Premier League was like this box office, new start of the season fans are back but they were struggling with COVID cases but the game went ahead mm-hmm. and there was no clarification of why games Uh, are being played and why and some aren't like Chelsea had theirs rejected today, um and they you know like you said they had two two goalkeepers six substitutions, but why like Liverpool have gone down to Tottenham and it's rife in London they've had three cases already of their players against Newcastle, Uh, I, I just don't get why some fixtures are playing playing and some aren't, um but if it has to go to you know obviously we don't want it to. To, to be behind closed doors, but that's to get the season finished. I didn't know that about, we can push that till June. That's probably, the, I'll be up for that as well. Uh, so obviously, as well, I think that'd be great. I think they need to make a decision. Rather than playing a game here and call eight off, just call them all off if you're going to do it all together. Don't play catch-up games like like Lee was saying there. Some teams could play three games in a week. Um, you, you either do it for everyone or, or you don't. And obviously, People are getting ill from it, so just call them all off until, until the case have gone down, uh, slightly. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: I think the I think the point about away fans is also a really valid one because we, we we're seeing, aren't we, all the time now. Obviously, the Villa fans at travelled to Burnley, and I think or vice versa, sorry, and charged before kick off they're being told that the the game is being called off. So everyone's on the way. Everyone's obviously trying to get to the game, you know, and it's just absolutely. Ridiculous really And even Everton fans to Stamford Bridge on Thursday There was a lot of talk You know from late morning and Early afternoon That it could be off Because Chelsea had, had Sort of three or four Covid cases And you know we, That's the That's the really poor thing About it is, is because Fans are um You know Making their way to grounds In some situations They're starting hundreds Upon hundreds of miles To get there Having to leave early And when they're halfway there They're getting told They are turning around Or sometimes When they're there I'll go back, Wasted a journey. Now from a financial point of view for fans, there's a massive outlay of money, you know, and I know obviously the tickets will still be valid, but in terms of getting down there, whether it be coach, train, you know, fuel for car, whatever it might be, a lot of money is being spent for an away day, which, you know, may not, or is not going to happen. So there's got to be a better way of doing things. I think probably the big issue is now they are testing daily. So the way, the way it's working is one day, obviously, they're, they're not positive, and then they have to wait then for the PCR test to come back. And you know, it, it can take time to do. We, we, we all get that, but there's got to be a better way of doing things. Mm. Um, but whether, whether we see this sort of sort of two week circuit break and you just see destroy like, straw line with things and see where we are, um, I think they could they will always be able to get football back or football can remain behind closed doors. Unfortunately, you know, we've seen it. it, it can work, it has worked in the past. But like we said, you know, football's all about having, having fans there, but if they have got to do it to make sure the season gets gets finished, I'm sure that they will they will take that decision. But there's a meeting, isn't there, on Monday of all Premier League managers to sort of decide where they're going to go with it. And I think the captains are speaking as well on a separate conversation. So there's a couple of things happening in the early part of, of this week coming up, and I think things will be a, a little bit clearer as we head, head towards, uh, towards Christmas next, next weekend, and hopefully you Know where, where must be playing and Hopefully, that, that goes ahead, but we've chosen not to preview it today because we're just not sure how things are going to go. That's 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 the lay of the land, uh, and, and where we find and, the, it. and the
2: thing. The thing is, though, as well, Matt, if you're a team like us, you know, and and, and Leeds at the minute, who are decimated as well, you know, what I mean, it, it, it's it, it's making it even harder than it already is, isn't it? You know, mm. I, mean, I feel for Leeds in a way as well because you know, they're like they've got 10 players out at a minute, and everyone's jumping on Leeds' bandwagon saying, Oh, yeah, look, second season syndrome and all that. Look, well, look. The way Leeds play, and, you know, Bielsa's way, I mean, it's a great way of playing footy, but the way they play, they've got 10 players out. That's massive for them. That's mm-hmm. absolutely massive for the way they want to play. And the quality drop-off, again, is huge. And 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 that's, and that's the thing, you know, they what do they do? They, they, they rushed Bamford back, didn't they? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was their version of Calvert-Lewin for them. And then he played literally 10 minutes, scored a goal, ran off celebrating like a madman and did his hamstring again. You know what I mean, so um, you know, and that's what you have got to be careful with, Dom, isn't it? Everyone's calling for him to come back, but you know, once if he did come back and then you know pulls a muscle again, you'd be absolutely fuming. He's out for another couple of months. So you know, unfortunately, we're just not blessed with it with with a really deep squad, are we, in terms of quality? And everybody knows that. And like I said before, that makes it even more galling that you're then looking to get rid of one of your best players, or certainly isolating one of your best players when we haven't got the luxury, um, you know, of, of you know.
0: Quality and depth at all have we? No, certainly not, and that, that's one of obviously our downfalls at this moment in time. Uh, but if all else fails, we could all head to Formby and watch uh, Richards and take on yeah. along FC and and get behind get behind those two, those two sides. You, uh, you i kind love of, that, by the way. Oh. I absolutely love
2: that. I, I wish I, I wish I'd been there. We could have just gone on and had a little game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, I don't know. He's funny, isn't he? I don't, I don't full suits used to work, but that's the kind of character you want at the club, isn't it? You know what, what a, what what a fella, and it'll be a sad day when when he does actually leave leave the club. That's that's for sure. But now great great to see that yesterday, and it's certainly uh, it's certainly got people talking. That's that's for sure. Uh, but that's that's us for this week. Uh, that's us for for Christmas. Well, will we be back? Who knows when are we play next who knows let's let's see what happens over the next the next week or so but it's it's a great time to wish everyone all our listeners a, a happy christmas hopefully it's better than last year hopefully we can we can get together and, and share it with our families and hopefully just football on boxing day as well if there is we'll we'll be back uh, to, to have a look back at that game so we will we'll catch you then The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.